Bridget Owens, and you're listening to the Waxing Soul Podcast, where we're adventuring into the world of mindful modern magic and authentic spiritual practice. It's June 30th, 2022, and today's topic is how solitary and eclectic practitioners can still find spiritual community without being part of an established tradition or religion. Are you ready to grow your soul? Okay, time to wrap up this uh, longer than usual series on uh, on finding spiritual community. And I started this mostly because I do I do see so many signs and so many symptoms of just like the really toxic individualism in particularly American society robbing us of not just the benefits of community, but of a, a clear understanding of what community is and how it works. But there's, since I've been focusing or trying really hard to keep the focus on spirituality and spiritual community, it brings up the issue of what community looks like for those of us who aren't like part of a a defined religion or spiritual tradition or culture, which is a lot of us, right? I know, I know when I first started, you know, kind of got drawn into pagan circles, the big thing was to, to be a solitary practitioner. It was hard to find covens. Not all of them were healthy places to be anyway. And, and not everyone was into Wicca entirely. There were certain issues, you know, certainly issues coming up within that. Uh, it was, it was more common for people to, uh, to see some things about Wicca as a path, even though it was still super prevalent and still is, it was just for all kinds of reasons, very common and very popular for practitioners to kind of use Wiccan materials and beliefs and practices as a jumping off point for a more eclectic, solitary practice, which of course there are all manner of potential things, potential problems to address, but that's not the point for today. Uh, The thing is, that's also where I started. And it's, if you've read my book, um, Deep Self Magic, or if you've listened for very long to this podcast, you know how deeply I believe that everyone should be building their own personal practice even if it's within a larger tradition. But for a lot of people, myself included, there really isn't a larger established tradition that fits what our practice is, what our mindset is. And, And even trying to connect with others who are similarly in that undefined, unmapped area of spirituality and religion and culture is really beyond challenging. It's something I kind of struggled with for a very long time. Not quite, like, if you're the only one traveling your particular little path, are you basically a religion consisting of one person? Are you your own cult leader? <laughs> are, are, are you just on your way to something else? And therefore, is it is it necessary that you wander alone until you find the next group to connect to? Because, because yeah, we all need community, right? Even spiritually speaking, we do all need community in various forms at various times. So if that isn't just kind of provided for us by our spiritual tradition or or culture, the way it, it used to be sort of further in the past of human history, then what do we do to get it? In addition to all of the the self-navigation that we have to do and, and the responsibility we have to take when building our own beliefs, our own practices, all of that, you know, is this just another thing to add to that? Well, yeah, but before I get into, a, you know, a couple of things to think about in re- regards specifically to community, I want to talk about how this relates to shadow work. 
Because that's, I mean, there's a reason I waited until the last chapter of the book uh, to mention finding spiritual community. And that's because if we're talking specifically about spiritually focused, spiritually centered, spiritual purpose communities, there really needs to be some shadow work done. Some work on embodiment, some focused evolutionary adaptation done before we reassemble our spiritual community support network. There's all the other, you know, network of community connections in our lives, which, uh, you know, we have in the meantime, but it it absolutely hinders your efforts uh, to establish your authentic spirituality if you leave communities in place which anchor you to spiritual ideas and ideals and cultures that you aren't sure yet if you authentically belong to. But there's also the extent to which exploring the various types of community and your response or or need for them or history with them, uh, it, you know, it's, it's a very good form of shadow work in itself. Like looking at the communities we felt most deeply part of, the ones we've appreciated most, the ones we've tried to start or join, whether it's successful or not, all of that gives us really great insight into our our inner self and our shadow aspects. So this isn't just about not feeling lonely or alone or not feeling disconnected, wanting a support network, uh, you know, wanting a circle of like-minded, like-hearted people. It is all that, the search for community, but it it's also a way to better understand ourselves and our patterns and our deep beliefs. And, and it's a jumping off point for figuring out why those aspects are part of who we are. So while, while we dig into a couple of different things to consider about spiritual community and what that looks like for, you know, a solitary eclectic or, or, or just weird spiritual loners, uh, keep in mind that this is more than looking for a group to be part of. Year two of the Waxing Soul podcast is all about ideas in action. Join my mailing list at bridgetowens.com slash podcast for a weekly self-growth challenge, plus all the latest news and more fun stuff. Now back to the episode. The first big shift that we probably need to make if we're seeking out spiritual community as solitary practitioners, or, or even as practitioners just for whatever reason, um, separated from the the sort of traditional types of community, is that not all of the things that we otherwise that we otherwise might expect to find, and and get from spiritual communities needs to be found in communities that are spiritually based, and this is the main thing that I touched on uh, in Deep Self Magic in that last chapter. There are a lot of ways in which those of us who aren't following an you know established or a traditional form of spirituality or religion get the benefits of traditional forms of spirituality and religion from activities and involvements with other things that aren't on the face of them spiritual at all. And the example that I use most often for this is how my activism, my political and social activism was a big part of my spiritual practice for a long time. And and that meant that instead of, or like where someone like my mom and dad who find community spiritually, you know, spiritual community in their church in terms of practice-based, geography-based, purpose-based, circumstance-based, all of those kinds of community. I got a lot of the same thing in the activist community, not exclusively, 
But that was one source of spiritual community for me. And it didn't matter that others in that community, those communities, didn't see the same spiritual element in what we were doing. And that's, especially those of us who are solitary, eclectic, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it, there's an additional element of our spirituality that requires us to be discerning and to really take the lead in terms of breaking down all the bits and the moving pieces in our practice and worldview, right? That's like, well, that's what shadow work is <laughs> in part. Um, and, and then we have to keep mindfully crafting our practice to fit and work the way we need it to. So that automatically extends to our community connections. We are going to see spiritual aspects and find spiritual aspects in a whole lot of various things in our lives that others don't see. And we're going to be able to break our needs and desires and intentions and all of that down into finer detail and understand it better. And that means we're going to be able to shape our community involvements and connections to support us where we need it in the way that we need them to. And that means finding spiritual community in non-spiritual communities. It means that some of our spiritual interests are going to draw us to interest-based communities alongside people whose interests aren't particularly spiritual to them. So for instance, um, my big magnum opus writing project, digging into the like history of human development, that makes anthropology and archaeology and sociology part of my spiritual pursuits and practice. So I'm absolutely drawn to communities of people who are interested in learning about and researching early humans. But we're not all there for the same reasons. <laughs> when it comes to shared practice communities, it's going to kind of depend on what your practice ends up looking like. Some of us might just not have a huge need for shared spiritual practice community. But there's like, if you're into kitchen witchery, there's, there are absolutely types of cooking communities, which would apply, you know, that kind of thing. You very well might end up wanting to get involved in an array of practice based communities, depending on what your practice is. Shared purpose communities centered on common values are incredibly important on a spiritual level. But those communities aren't probably going to be filled with others who share practices with us. And this is where, like, my activist community is a good example of, of how this looks. I shared community with people whose core values aligned with mine when it came to social justice and equality and, all, and that kind of thing. Local community is, is usually still possible just by broadening the definition or description of your spiritual path, like being part of a, a larger pagan community or atheist community or whatever on, on a local scale. It's still possible to find common history communities in terms of like life transitions and, and other forms of like ancestry besides spiritual ancestry or spiritual roots which can absolutely impact and help shape your spiritual identity, even if there's not shared spiritual worldview. And then there's always the circumstance-centered communities you can try to find to, to help make change based on your spiritual practice and beliefs and values. Like breaking all of that down 
in terms of your individual needs, your individual spiritual practice and what it entails, where you feel like you need that support, that connection, mentorship, opportunity, security, guidance, friendship, whatever. It's absolutely possible to piece together spiritual community in ways that don't look at all like, you know, a a community of people who are nearly exactly where you're at on your specific journey and path. And even for those of us who do have a more traditional form of spiritual community, breaking things down and getting a really good understanding of what you need and whether or not your spiritual community is providing that in the best form for you, I think we should all make some effort to create and connect with community in a more varied way. If you love the waxing soul, connect with me online. BridgetOwens.com is the central hub for all my projects, including books, card decks, and resources. Go there to get my latest book, Deep Self Magic, to connect as a potential podcast guest, and to find out all the latest news. Also, find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook as Bridget Owens Magic, and on Twitter as Waxing Soul. The other big thing to think about when it comes to creating and finding spiritual community as solitaries and eclectics is that by understanding the different types of communities, we can kind of plug ourselves into and connect with existing spiritual communities without wholesale belonging to those communities. Like None of us are working entirely from scratch when it comes to building and shaping our individual authentic spiritual practice. And even if we don't know anyone in the world who is following the path that we're following, none of us are entirely disconnected from existing spiritual and religious ideas and traditions. So if we're taking bits and pieces from various paths and practices, then we can get involved in those communities in smaller ways as well, um, depending on what we need from them. And this is where we can solve some of the problems that come up with solitary spiritual practice, like lack of guidance and that kind of thing. So if you're looking for a way to get started to, I think the best place to start for this is to define those specific spiritual interests that you have, which you feel like you don't know how to dive into, don't know how to get started with, and search out those interest-based communities online. And this is, I know one of the big challenges for new practitioners who aren't within an established path and just can't just like start attending a group which can teach them the dogmas and practices and beliefs, figuring out how to get started and where to focus first is hard. This is one of the big hurdles of getting into magical practice. But it really is, the first step really can be as easy as saying, I want to start with crystals and then specifically seeking out that community, the, the community of people interested in crystal magic. The more specific, the better. Because this is where a lot of new practitioners kind of go wrong <laughs> because they go looking for a witch or a practitioner or whatever who seems to know what they're doing and, and, and then just ask to be taught magic or ask advice on crystals or candle magic or whatever. And that's, I mean, well, that's, that's not the best way to find a mentor. It's not the best way to even find good sources of information. But starting out by seeking out specific interest-based communities where you can explore 
and research and kind of get a feel for the culture of the community as a whole, that, that's a much better way to start. And you also get the benefit of connecting with people who are also interested in what you're interested in, who, you know, you can kind of spread your wings with. And then when you know you need something more along the lines of guidance and advice and support in your actual practice, in the, in the practical application of knowledge, then seek out people who also do the same kind of magic or whatever practice it is that you do. Like if you meditate a lot in your practice and you have questions or want tips or whatever to, to, or just to learn from people, um, from seeing how other people's meditation practices look, finding the people who also actively practice meditation is the kind of community you need. Just be prepared to also share information as your practice gets more established, as you master whatever it is. Those are the best places to start with interest and practice centered communities, but broken down into the elements of your practice rather than your spiritual ideas and, 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 you know, or your sort of whole practice worldview as a whole. Some of the other types of communities are good for nurturing more exploration of ideas and spiritual concepts and paths like common purpose communities. When you, when you do connect with others who share specifically the core values that come from and relate directly to the way that you practice your spirituality, you will also likely find out that other community members relate those same values to entirely different spiritual paths and ideas. Um, which might turn out to be something you can explore, <laughs> which might enhance or reshape your understanding of reality. And same with like common circumstance communities. In fact, pretty much any community which you connect to based on a little, you know, based on a bit of belief or worldview or practice or interest or whatever in your spiritual life is a chance since we're operating on our own, right? We're holding the reins as we go along. We're not being handed a dogma and a tradition to practice, at least at least not entirely. And so every community our cobbled together spiritual experience leads us to becomes part of, you know, it, it becomes another opportunity to see into the spiritual worldviews of others and to broaden our understanding of things, which is in itself a really great element to incorporate into everyone's spiritual practice. Thank you so much for listening. New episodes of The Waxing Soul drop every Thursday. All materials and resources, except the music, are copyright Bridget Owens. Many thanks to my readers, listeners, friends, mentors, inspirations, and my family for riding with me into Season 2. And until next week, blessed be and be good to yourself.